This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here to help you. Uh, uh, to help you make the most of the strategy and stock and mutual funds and ETF decisions you have to make to manage your portfolio. And I appreciate you being with me here on the radio program and podcast. I'm always careful, very careful. Justin and I are very, very careful about giving you unbiased answers. And that's our goal, to provide you with answers that are not, you know, that are straightforward and, and honest and as clear as we can in the time allotted because most people it's confusing and it's just difficult it's time consuming when i say it's difficult it's difficult because there's so much information to manage that's what makes it difficult it's not hard information to understand but there's a lot of it and you have to manage it and that makes for a difficult process to decide what do i need to do how do I go about it? And that's what I'm here for. That's what we're here for, for you to ask those questions that might help guide you in the direction you need to, you need to and want to go. And, of course, I look forward to it. Justin and I both look forward to doing this show. And, you know, our mindset is easy. Now, don't misunderstand me. We don't also use the show as, you know, our marketing arm. We know that. And... But we don't want to push anything on anybody, and we want to answer their questions. If you want to manage your own money, we'll help you do that. Okay? We won't try to talk into anything. That's not how we operate. So that's what this show is about, to provide you information, to let us do that. And to do that, it's a call-in show. 888-99-CHARTER is our number. You can call anytime you want, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We are only live now, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. But all those other times, you can leave your question, and we'll get to it, and we'll eventually get to it on air. If you call while we're on air, you get an immediate answer. So I think that would be preferable. And we like talking to people directly on air. So you can call right now, 888-99-CHART. My focus point today, are index funds and ETFs good for retirees? Okay, and there's a story that I'm going to use to help me talk about that from Christine Benz. So we'll talk about that. That's the main talking point. And, of course, I got other subjects I want to get to. Uh, we had the S&P Flash for May PMI numbers. Okay, and those are, go directly to the economy. And this is for May. So it's fairly recent. We're still in May. And I got the new house sales for April that we can talk about. Um, and Ford is stressing battery efficiency for the EV market going forward. I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Treasury Department Janet Yellen says they will be issuing $700 billion in new Treasury bills. And finally, you know who Paul Krugman is? He's an economist. He says government doesn't need to pay off the debt 
the 30 plus trillion dollars debt we are in, they don't need to pay it off. Why is he saying that? What does he mean? We're going to talk about those things. If we can get to them, I hope we can. I want to. The Dow is down 231 points today. The Nasdaq down 161 and the S&P down 47. And it's going to be under pressure until the debt ceiling is, the debt ceiling issue is resolved. When will that be resolved? I don't know. Now, they're, they're, they're a little bit optimistic that they'll get it resolved before the deadline. But I don't know. We don't know that. Um, so, and even if they do resolve it, I think the mark will have a day or two or three run up, maybe a week. I don't know. No one really knows these things. But I think it will be a positive thing, and that will be beneficial for the market. Um, will it turn it into a bull market? I don't think so. No, not yet. Don't think so. So what do you guys want to talk about? I'm looking forward to your calls. You can call me anytime you want. So now's a good time. 888-99-CHARTERS, our number, 888-992-4278. We got a lot of stuff on our plates. But first, let's go to our first live call. We're going to talk to Jordan and Dana Point. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Steve. How you doing? I'm good. Excellent. Um, yeah, so I wanted to talk to you about uh, ING. Uh-huh. Um, I was just looking at European banks kind of when the um, war broke out in Ukraine, and um, I bought it very low, and it's done quite well for me. I'm just wondering if there's more room for it to run up or if I should. It's kind of been holding steady or okay. if I should sell. Okay, okay, yeah. ING Group, ADR. Remember, whenever I say ADR after name, that means it's a foreign bank traded on our extra foreign stock. Traded on our, our exchange here in the United States. This one is from Netherlands. Dutch-based company that provides retail and wholesale banking services to financial institutions. Okay, so just to financial institutions, not you know mortgages or private lenders. Okay? Um, they're money, they've made money for years and years and years. Uh, recently, uh, they're going to make this year $1.83 a share. That's the estimate. That's up from a dollar six last year, and next year a dollar ninety nine, another almost ten percent rise. So those are all good things for the bank, and it pays a really nice dividend, four point five percent. And it's a thirteen dollar stock, everybody. So that means the PE is like around seven. Now don't get too excited, you know, uh, Jordan, because that range is three to eighteen. So it's on the low end of the range based on next year's earnings. But it doesn't ever have a really high PE. Has never had one. Turn equity is a little low at seven percent. Usually banks are a bit better than that. And d- there's only seventy mutual funds that own it, which is a really low number. And it doesn't even show up as a percentage of owned stock by a mutual fund. But it's a fifty billion dollar bank. It's not small. So does it have more room to run? Well, it has a hard time getting above about $16, dollars $16. its That's its really difficult time. Only one time in the last 10 years did it get above that, and it got, and that was 2000, well, two times, 2017 and 2018, it got up to $19 and $20 a share. So that's probably your maximum upside potential, okay? That's what I'm thinking. Um, can it get up there? I think it very well could. But if it doesn't break above about 15 and a half, it's just going to stay in this range that it's kind of in. So you might want to 
if you have a decent size per position, you might want to cut it in half, take some off the table, Jordan, but I still think it's pretty good at that. I love that 4.5% yield, dividend yield. I mean, I mean, long as it doesn't collapse on you, you've got a pretty good stock there. Jordan, appreciate the call. Thank you. As we have a voice bank question to ready to play on technical indicators and a WNWBD, Warner Brothers Discovery. We have a question on that. So hopefully we get to that before the end of the day. It is Tuesday. I do have a trivia question, and that comes at the halfway mark of the show, and it's about Social Security benefits. I think you'll want to hear this. So I've got all this planned, everybody, for this episode. Give me a call, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. And again, the market was down, Dow down 231, the NASDAQ down 161, and the SP down 47. Okay, so the market is still under weakness. Okay, we're gonna go, we're gonna go take a quick break. Please remember that you can ask any question you want, as long as it's financial, anytime. You can leave a question on our voice bank if you don't want to call now. So if you're listening live, I would love to talk to you. We are live on AM 1220 Radio in San Francisco Bay Area. So call now, 888-99-CHART. The KPP Premium Newsletter won't guarantee your success, but it can help you become a smarter investor. And here's good news. From now through Memorial Day, each new subscriber to the KPP Premium Newsletter will get a free copy of Steve Peasley's book, Above Average Investing for the Average Investor. That's right. You listen to Steve and Justin on Invest Talk, and now for a limited time, you can receive a free copy of Steve Peasley's book. When you subscribe to the weekly KPP Premium Newsletter, you'll get an up-to-date analysis of current market conditions, two stock ideas that Steve and Justin think you might want to watch, and tips on how to properly manage your portfolio assets. Learn more and subscribe now at kppfinancial.com. And please be sure to tell your friends and family members. Every Invest Talk podcast is made better by your questions. So don't forget to call. And if you've never called, Justin and Steve are waiting now for your finance and investment questions. Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. Let's go talk to Seth in New Hampshire, way in the northeast part of the country. Hi, Seth. Hey, Steve. Uh, just wanted to call and ask you about uh, a question about Ruger and Smith and Weston, RGR okay. and SWBI. Okay, happens to be a case of um, I've never really paid attention to their stock. Um, obviously, I'm American and I like their products. I have a few of each, and they seem to be, do very well. And was kind of wondering how they do as a company. Okay, they range the price of the stock. This uh, I'm going to do Strom Ruger first. Ruger. Uh, a maker of pistols, revolvers, rifles, shotguns, uh, under the Ruger name, uh, par- primarily in the commercial sporting market. They range, this stock since 2016 has ranged from the mid-40s to the upper 70s, okay? Now, it got up to 90 in 2020, 
and it got as low as 38 that very same year. Okay, so so again, that's the extremes. But if you're talking about just a range, it's it's more like the mid to low 40s to the high 70s or low 80s, and that's where it's going to be. And it's right now 54 dollars. So technically and fundamentally, it's pretty much on the low end of its range. The PE is about 13. Pays a 3% dividend, great cash flow, $6.46, great return on equity, $26, 26%, I'm sorry. And mutual funds have been um, slowly net sellers over the last year. The sales have been coming off, not a lot, but just yeah. coming off, you know, last, uh, four, last year, year and a half. So that probably is why it's at its low range, you know, near its low range. Remember, it's a high 30s to low 40s is its low range, and it's at 54. So it's not there yet. And you might get there before it bounces, but there's a good range. It's a good, solid company. They're very consistent on its earnings. It never loses money, but their earnings can be, you know, pretty big range. I mean, 2021, they made $8.78, but that was very unusual. It's more like... $4, between 2 $3, and 4 and $5 is the range per share. But it's never going to have very high growth. It's not. Okay? So don't expect that. You live on the dividend, and you buy it cheap, and then you hopefully you get the, some capital appreciation when it goes back to its range. Okay? Seth, appreciate the call. Thank you. Uh, Rich, uh, let's talk to Richard in Valencia. Hi, Richard. Hi, Steve. I think you have a terrific show, by the way. Thank you. Uh, my question is on uh, Corning, uh, symbol GLW. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of had a rough uh, month or month and a half, yeah. a couple of months even. And uh, it's in, um, of course, the information technology. It's low its range, but what do you think of this particular uh, company, at this value? I think it's a pretty good value, to be honest. Okay, uh, Corning, everybody. GLW is a symbol. It makes glass substrates for LCDs, optical, uh, optical fiber cables for communication, ceramic pollution, control, uh, control products. And I'm thinking, you know, what I'm thinking is it, it's got some possible really strong growth prospects in the next five to seven years, in its ceramic area. And I'm going to mention it here because I think uh, they're going to, the, I know that w one of the uh, companies, I won't name the name, uses a, the, the solid state battery is using a ceramic type of divider in, in place of the acid and, that, and makes the batteries much better. And that could be a huge growth thing for electric vehicles. Anyways, um, I'm going to have to pick this up after the break, if you don't mind, because they were gonna, they're, I'm, I'm hearing in my ears i got to take a break. But I want to talk a little bit more about the fundamentals and why I think it's a pretty good value. So we're heading to another break, everybody. I apologize. I'm required to have them. I just, you know, sorry about that. I welcome your financial investment questions. You can do it now, 888-99-CHART. Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there 
takes strategy, discipline, and the right information. Steve Peasley is ready to provide his unbiased answers. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Richard, thanks for holding. I appreciate it because I needed more sure. things to tell you. Um, I, okay. I, I kind of like Corning, even though they're, you know, the next year, they're, they're, in 2024, they're gonna, their earnings are going to go up 19%. But sales have been falling the last three or four quarters, so it makes it look weak. But I do think that a $30.77 stock, which is what it is right now, is near the low of its range and I kind of like that as far as a possible buy. Now, can it go lower? I'm sorry. Yeah, I just hit my mic. Yeah, it can go lower. Lower, But we're at a, you know, it, its PE range is 10 to 33, and it's right around 15. And earnings next year is going up. And it pays a 3.6% dividend. They don't have much debt. Management owns 1%. And mutual funds are just steady owners of it. I just think that, you know, if you're going to buy corning, this is not a bad place to buy it. Yes, it can go into the a value stock. This is a value stock. Ex- yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's a value stock with a couple of years from now, great potential earnings growth and sales growth. You know, with the with the with the, what I mentioned before, the ceramic pollution, ceramic making abilities it has. So, I kind of like it. Uh, not great. It's Thank not you like- very much. It's not, thank you, not my most favorite, but it's a $26 billion company. It's not small, it's big. So pretty, pretty, pretty stalwart type of company to own. My focus point looks at the story behind, are index funds and ETFs good for, re- for retirees? And I don't like to keep people waiting with the answer. And my, so my answer is going to be yes, it is. Because ETFs and mutual funds, there's so many of them these days that you can mix and match and divine, devise a strategy, and as in retirement, you want to be more, usually more conservative, right? That's what most people want to be. You can devise a conservative strategy to match your retirement goals. You can do that. Now, there's a few things I don't like about them, but you know, in general, they they are good for retirees. Okay. Um, I like bonds to reduce uh, volatility and for income production these days because you're getting pretty high rates in that right now compared to year two, three, four, five years ago, pretty high rates right now. Well, a bond ETF will also give you a pretty good return, but the problem with that is the the price of the ETF, the net asset value of the ETF will go down if interest rates go up, and it will go up if interest rates go down. I'd rather buy the bonds holding the maturity. But that doesn't mean it's not a good idea because not everybody knows how bonds work and have access to the actual bonds. So they, you know, they might be better served buying an ETF, a bond ETF or a bond mutual fund. Um, also, they, you can get pretty good cash flow this way. So why not? Okay, and, and maintenance of them is a lot easier than maintaining individual stocks and individual bonds. It's a lot easier using ETFs and mutual funds. And as again, you can control the risk level of your portfolio by using them. And they can be very tax efficient. So, no, there's positives. There's plus and minuses, and that's true in a lot of things in the market. And again, one of the reasons why it's difficult to manage portfolios 
not because the, the, the information is hard to understand. It's not. But there's a lot of it and a lot of it with a lot of different moving parts. That's what's hard. Okay? When people take the time to leave an InvestTalk podcast review on iTunes, we like to thank them for their courtesy by getting to their question quickly. So Mike from Ohio, reverse split. What happens to a what happens to a sold covered call option in the event of a reverse split? Say, for instance, you own a thousand shares of a stock and sell ten covered calls, but the stock does a reverse split, and you no longer own a thousand shares. You know, if it went you know if it went ten for one, you would own a hundred. So you end up owning a hundred shares after reverse split. What happens to the call option? Everything gets split. When either Either way, if it's just a regular split or a reverse split, everything, all everything gets split. Okay? Now, I'm not an options expert. This is not one of the things I do. Justin would be a better person to answer that question. But I do know that everything, price of the stock splits, and most likely all the options split just along the things because it makes no sense any, any other way. Okay? Appreciate the call, though. Appreciate the question. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, um, we do have a trivia question here, everybody, because it is Tuesday. So let's go ahead and get to it. Okay, let's say you're a senior citizen, retired and counting on Social Security benefits for some degree of supplemental income. Well, higher prices have made it difficult for Social Security beneficiaries to keep up with the record boost to benefits for 2023. So even with that boost, it's hard to keep up. So as we go to break, here's my two-part trivia question. The recent 8.7% cost of living adjustment, COLA, put about $140 more in Social Security benefits checks. Okay, but looking at statistics, so, okay, what do you suppose has been the average Social Security COLA cost of living adjustment since the year 2000? And how does that compare with the cost of goods and services average over that same time period? So how about inflation compared to the COLA adjustments? Are they compatible? Is it keeping up? I'll supply the answer after the break. My InvestTalk phone number lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. Why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. 
so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24-7 Anytime Listener Line at 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, so I asked a trivia question. The January 23rd, January 2023... 8.7 cost of living adjustment, or COLA, put about $140 more per month in our Social Security benefits checks. However, to be able to live as well as Social Security benefits today, as in 2000, so that's 23 years ago, today's retirees would need an extra $516.70 per month. Social Security is not keeping up with inflation. This is according to new research from the Senior Citizen League and Nonpartisan Senior Group. The inflation prices we are experiencing today means beneficiaries have lost about 36% of the buying power since 2000. Now, isn't that interesting? So, you know, our benefits actually shrinking 36% in the last 23 years. Okay? What is that? The 1.5% a year? Whatever it is. So it's shrinking. Now, for seniors, since the 2000 EGGS have topped the list of faster-growing costs, other categories in the top five, okay, um, uh, other categories in the the top five since 2000 include prescription drugs, heating oil, dental services, Medicare Part B premiums. And just remember, if you get Social Security and Medicare – you have to pay a premium for Medicare. It comes out of your Social Security checks. That's how that works. You know, so just remember that. So what about this year, 2023? Eggs were also the fastest growing cost for seniors over the past year. Even though wholesale egg prices have dropped from the record prices over the winter, other categories in the top five for 2023 included apples, bread, white bread, coffee, dental visits, what can you do about all these things that are costing faster movement, costing more than you know inflation uh, that you're getting back money from your Social Security? It's just uh, it, it's just difficult. There's lot. There's not much you could do. There is not a lot you can do. I mean, when can you get? Do you get discount eggs somewhere? No, not really. Costco has. You need to if you buy twenty four, at least you can get a good price. I mean, but if you're just you and your wife, or you and your husband, or you and you, you don't, get, you know, you may have trouble eating that many eggs in a short period of time when you go to Costco. It's one of the problems with Costco. You get huge amounts of stuff. It's cheaper, but is it really if you waste it? It's always difficult, everybody. It's just a difficult thing to do. 
Okay, let's play another question caller from the 888-99 chart number. Yeah, hello, Steve and Justin. My name's David from Portland. I was calling in today to get your take on Warner Brothers Discovery. Unfortunately, had this stock ever since the AT&T spinoff or what have you. And uh, this stock's really done nothing but go down, and I should have sold it immediately, but I didn't. And now I feel like I would be selling it at the bottom, but I'd like to sell it because I don't think it's ever going to turn around. You'd probably have to do something really drastic, like get a new CEO. So I'm wondering if I should sell Warner Brothers Discovery stock or hold it. And I wanted to buy Disney. But anyway, I'd like your take on that. If you think Warner Brothers Discovery stock will ever turn around and be worth something, or should I just cut my losses? Thanks for your input. Well, ever is a long time, as you know. And I was just in Portland, by the way, for a wedding. One of my nephews got married recently, just recently, and I was there. Um, Warner Brothers Discovery uh, offers original and purchase programming to the media and entertainment industries in the U.S. Problem is they've lost $3.80 in 2022, and they're going to lose $0.41 cents a share this year. Next year, they'll make $0.50 cents a share, and it's $11.69 stock. This stock was hung around the 30s for years, jumped in 2021 to $78, uh, but then uh, 2022, the range was 8 to 31. It's 11.69 now. I think it's going back to 8, personally. Uh, sales have been increasing, and it's a big company, $28 billion, but I don't like it. It has a lot of debt. Cash flow is pretty strong at five dollars and seventy-five cents. Pays no dividend. Mutual funds were, I would say, it looks like they twenty percent of the mutual funds sold off in the last year, and of course that's why it fell so hard. Okay, so I don't know. There's nothing about Warner Brothers Discovery that I know that makes me want to own the stock. Okay, so I'd exit it personally. I don't care for it. Okay, let's go to Wesley in Stockton. He wants to talk about regional banks. Hi, Wesley. Um, well, regional banks, but particularly regional financial bank, out of RF, I currently own. Um, that is like a half position, but um, I've been listening to the warnings on the wall about regional banks, and if it's time with a recent run-up to maybe move into more of a big bank like Bank America, like Warren Buffett did. Okay. I have said over the last month or two or three that I like the big banks, okay? And I've been warning people about small and mid-sized banks, uh, not because there's not going to be some big winners in that area, because there are. Um, you're talking about Regions Financial, RF, holding company for a Regions Bank operating through almost 1,300 offices in 16 states in the South and Midwest. It's pretty big, $16.5 billion in market cap. Their earnings have been pretty darn steady, $2.49 this last year, 2022. They made $2.49. year before, $2.51. Uh, this year, they're going to make $2.38. Next year, $2.28. So earnings are going down. The sales are holding up pretty well. Their growth, they're still growing their sales. So it's a it's only a $17.67 stock, and it's going to make $2.28. Uh, 
So, and it pays a 4.5% dividend. Cash flow is pretty strong at 288. Mutual funds have been pretty steady. They're about as many as owned it a year ago as today. The hard thing about the regional small banks is why I'm, I'm warning against them is we don't know exactly how the rising of interest rates has affected their balance sheet. How bad are they off? I mean, these small and, and mid-sized ones. In other words, uh, do they have so much long-term treasuries? And you would think long-term treasury would be pretty solid, right? I mean, Wesley, if y'all had long-term treasuries, you'd think, man, I'm you know, I'm safe. I am safe. Long-term treasury. But they have to mark those treasuries to market, meaning what they're worth today, not at maturity. And so what they were today is a lot less than they were before the Fed started raising rates. Raising rates lowers the value of bonds, even though they're the high-quality bonds. And it makes their banks look like they are, you know, going bankrupt or lost a lot of money and and only because they held on to these treasuries. You know, they, and many of these banks, the ones that had the problem, is they had too many long-term treasuries and not enough short-term, not enough balance. And I can't tell you if Regions Financial has done the same thing or not. And, I, and that's why I don't like them. Pardon me? Also, I'm also concerned there might be um, in the commercial real estate issue, if there happens to be one. That's right. Um, that might hurt them too. Yeah, that's the other part. How much commercial real estate loans do they have that might go that might default because when those things come uh, due and how long are do they have the rate is going to be much higher and with with covid and lack of people staying in the offices they're all working from home and i mean there's all those problems and i man i don't want these size banks because of that I, I want big banks they have a lot better bill, ability to to live through all that so that's why i don't like them not that this is a bad bank. It's not. It looks pretty good, but I can't tell what they have. So I stay away from it myself. But so thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, May S&P 500 flash PMI numbers for services and manufacturing came out today. The PMI, this goes to the health of the economy, everybody. Okay. Uh, purchases, purchasers, management, managers, Purchaser managers, um, um, what's the I stand for? Purchasers managers in index. That's what it is. Okay, it can't. Anything above fifty is expanding. So last month, the service sector was fifty three point six. So it's still uh, expanding, but now it's fifty five point one. It went up. They expected it to go down to fifty two, and it went up instead. In the Manufacturing, which is having a harder time in the current economic environment, they were 50.2, and they expected to go down to 50. Remember, that's the demarcation of expanding or contraction. Above 50, expanding. Below 50, contraction. And it came in at 51, better than expected. Also out today, new home sales. Last month, the previous month, it was, now this is not for May, this is for April, 656,000 for March, and they expected it to go to 669 to improve. So it, it not only improved, it went to 683,000, improved pretty dramatically. What was the reason for that? Inventory was very low. 
housing inventory overall is very low. So there's pressure on the new home sales being purchased. Those economic numbers, which are a pretty big part of our economy, look pretty decent. Hmm. Hmm. So I think that's instructive, everybody. Are we going to go into recession? A lot of experts think we are this year. But from these numbers, it doesn't look like it's going to be in the first quarter. Okay. Here's a reminder. Now is an especially good time to subscribe to the KPP Premium Newsletter. For now, through Memorial Day, each new subscriber will get a free copy of my book, Above Average Investing for the Average Investor. Pretty much a beginner's instruction book, everybody. So when you subscribe to the weekly KPP Premium Newsletter, you'll get an up-to-date analyst of the current market conditions, two stock ideas that Justin and I think might want to be on your watch list, and tips on how to properly manage your portfolio assets. Okay? And you get my free book. Learn more and subscribe at kppfinancial.com. Okay, let's go ahead and grab another voice bank. The question came from 888-99-CHART. Hello, this is Jeff from Woodland, California. I have a question about IEP, the Icon stock. I have quite a have quite a large position and... Uh, you know, it's been declining greatly in value on paper, but uh, the dividend, I kind of was keeping it for the dividend. So I was uh, wondering what, how, how safe is the dividend with IEP, Icon Enterprises? Thank you. I don't think the dividend's safe at all, okay? Uh, Icon Enterprises, IEP, holding company managed in, managed in investment management. <laughs> I'm sorry. Holding company engaged in investment management, automotive, metals, real estate, and home fashion. Okay. They are not going to make money. They have not made money. So I don't, I really don't, I really don't like this company. They're going to lose 57. They, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. They lost 57 cents a share last year and they lost money for the previous four years. Okay, I, I I don't have the expectations for this year, but I'm thinking they're going to lose money again because the most recent quarter, their sales fell 35%. They say they have a dividend yield of 28.9%, but they only have a cash flow of $0.97, cents and they're losing money. It's a $27.64 stock, uh, and that's as low as it's been in almost uh, nine years. Well, because it earns that low number. It has earned it. It has a lot of debt. Management owns 1%. Mutual funds went from 34 funds down to 27 funds. Okay? But the, these, these funds that, that they have own 80% of the company. So if they decide to sell, stock's going down. Because they own 80% of the company. How many more buyers are you going to get coming in? Management owns 1%, which is a positive thing. But, man, I I wouldn't touch this thing with a 10-foot pole. I wouldn't touch it with somebody else's 10-foot pole. Now, it had hung around around $50 for several years, okay, and then just tanked. Will it bounce back? It could, but I see no reason for it financially. 
from what I can see. So I be I, I get away from it. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And of course, our work will continue after this break, as it does every time at every day at this time. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. From now through Memorial Day, each new subscriber to the KPP Premium Newsletter will get a free copy of Steve Peasley's book, Above Average Investing for the Average Investor. Learn more and subscribe now at kppfinancial.com. Hey there, Justin or Steve. What are your thoughts of ChargePoint, ticker CHPT? The stock looks like it's been beaten down lately and almost at its all-time low. Instead of picking one EV company, what are your thoughts of getting into this EV charging company? Thanks. Bye. It's pretty high risk, but ChargePoint operates a network of open electric vehicle charging stations in California. Uh, is one of the leaders. It's a th- almost a $3 billion company. They've never made money. And you know how I feel about that. I don't buy stocks that don't make money. But sales are growing quite strongly. They were up 93% in the most recent quarter, 90, 90, 180, you know, 80. I mean, these are going back quarter, 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 quarter. It's growing very, very fast from $65 million a year and a half ago per quarter to now 152 per quarter. Okay. 152 million per quarter, but it hasn't turned a profit yet. And cash flow is it's supposed to lose nine cents a share next year, or I should say the year after next, 2025. Their fiscal year, 2025, they'll lose nine cents. 2024 fiscal year, they're going to lose 50 cents. This year, they're going to lose 69 cents. Actually, they already lost 69 cents. They're, they've already have they're, they're, this year's fiscal year is already in the books. So they lost 69 cents, then 50 cents, then nine cents. At least it's losing less money every year year okay um so it's a question of and it was 50 dollars stock i mean 40 something the highest it's ever been is 49 now it's 2020 and today it's at eight dollars and 49 cents so it's been crushed and that's what happens when you're dealing with some startup new industry and you know uh, you're taking really big chances and it's a high high risk and this is about as low a price as it's ever been, $8.49. It got to $7 last, earlier this year, I would say, or earlier this fiscal year, which might have been the end of last year. <clears throat> got as low as 7 Now it's eight forty nine. Is it going to stay there? Will it go to 5 6 It can go anywhere. You're going to have to take your chances. But... I do think it's one of the leaders in the charging industry, and if you have a lot of confidence in that charging because we are going to sell more and more and more EVs, electric vehicles. That is true. I think you can take a shot at it, knowing that you're really, really high risk. Just don't take, just don't take a big chance with a lot of money. Don't, do not. Treasury Department Janet Yellen says they're going to be issuing seven hundred billion dollars in T bills very shortly, right after the debt ceiling issue is resolved. Now, why is that important? Because $700 billion will take liquidity out of the market. 
It's going to pull liquidity out of the market. What does that mean? That means that or it equates to about a quarter percent rise in a Fed's funds rate. Rising interest rates. What does rising interest rates do? It slows down economies. So they're going to issue at least $700 billion, probably more, probably more, probably get up to a trillion, and that's going to reduce liquidity in the marketplace, and that means it's going to be pressure on stock prices downward. Paul Krugman, who's an economist, says the government does not have to pay off its debt. Now, why would he say that? People trying to compare our, my, you know, personal debt, like my debt and your debt, to the government debt, it's just not comparable. The main reason why we have to pay off our debt, the banks want us and force us to pay off our debt because we have a finite lifespan. Government does not. Not only do they not have a finite lifespan, they also have an infinite ability to, to increase taxes to pay debt. So it's a servicing of debt that is the issue with government debt. That's what Paul Krugman says, and he's right as far as it goes. But the more debt the government goes, the harder it is to service it. And the more taxes you go, the less economy growth you're going to get. And the more, you know, it it's compounds negatively the more debt we have. I'm Steve Pease, and this completes another Invest Talk program. Justin Klein, and I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. You can get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes if that's where you get your download from. Because we will, we really will answer any question if you ask it right away. And we just so you know, we're at 52.6 million downloads, and I want to thank everybody. For that, independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night, everybody. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.